0: Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson, the Shed Adamus, your tour guide on this week's episode of the Lifestyles of the Rich... Wait a second, I, I got caught up on myself there for a second. Yes, there's some rich people, but this is the Lifestyles of the Rough and Rugged. This is Outside the Sheds. Welcome, Shed Heads and listeners to the new episode in the bunker over here in the United States of America. Shedheads, I hope you're uh, beginning to the new year is going well. I know we're only a couple weeks in, so it can't be that bad yet, right? I know so many of you have been thinking that 2022 is going to be the, it is our, it is our gateway to greatness. We're going to get out of these doldrums and we're going forward. Cool. Hope that's going well for you. We're two weeks in. Hopefully you've plotted your mission, you've plotted your destination, I hope you've got a good crew on board with you to get this thing accomplished. Uh, I'm doing fine, your Shed Adamas is doing well. I don't know if I told you guys that uh, Mrs. Shed Adamas went online, I guess, Uh, there's a guy that I followed on Instagram who actually does incredible clay carvings, right, he does celebrities, well... My lovely Mrs. Sheddadamas found this guy, sent him pictures, had been in contact with him, and for Christmas, a late Christmas present, because it, it came in late a little bit later because it came from overseas, there in front of me is a clay version of myself wearing actual clothes that I own from the shoes to the t-shirt, uh, to the headphones that I wore when I was at a Sharks game and did a halftime uh, uh, segment. It was awesome. I, I-, I couldn't believe it. I-, I, uh, I was speechless. But I'm telling you, she's dangerous. Mrs. Jeddamas is dangerous because she's always listening, she's always paying attention, and she doesn't think like she cares about anything uh, that I'm saying or, or going through allegedly there's a vicious rumor that she listens to this podcast and that she's a shedhead, but she would never admit that to me. So uh, I just wanted to let you know she's a rock star. She beyond blew me away with a little caricature of myself. I guess he's not little. I am I think the guy's like maybe six, seven, eight inches tall. I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. It's in a little case. It's pretty awesome. My friends think it's awesome. They have no idea what I'm talking about still on Outside the Sheds, but uh, I do have some loyal shed heads that uh, do follow, that are close to me, but are totally, uh, how should I say, uh, yeah, no clue whatsoever what's going on with some of the games we're discussing. But enough of that. Let's go into the 40-20 because I have some good news. I'm excited about good news. I know that we don't have tons to talk about because of being the offseason and we're getting into preseason and teams are getting fired back up and getting into camps and stuff. But I want to start with good news, and the good news is I've always been a fan of Ash Taylor, all right? I think that, you know, he was a prodigy coming out of Brisbane. Uh, Somehow he got to Gold Coast, signed that million-dollar-a-year contract, and I think there are some players that get that type of recognition and money that it's too much for them. All the limelights on them, they're expected to carry that team, they're expected to step up every moment of the day. And it's too much for some guys, especially at some of the age you have to think about some of the players in the NRL and the AFL are. They're a lot younger guys. I'm saying they don't go to our college system. They don't go off to four years or three years if you're you know a, a top-notch collegiate athlete and if, you know college football player, basketball, whatever. Um, there's none of that. So these guys are, are hitting the ground with full-grown men by the time they're 17 or 18, and they're they're going at it. I'm saying Hollywood Walker uh, performed at a young age. That doesn't happen to a lot of guys. We're gonna have to see how Sam Walker continues to excel uh, as he gets, I guess, more things lumped on his on his shoulders. He has more tasks. Um, but you know, I know he's in a good place because uh, Robo Robinsons will not give him more than he can handle. Last year, he showed that by resting him at times when I know a lot of guys would have run Sam Walker into the ground. Now. I know I've kind of gone off my path a little bit here, but the whole reason I brought that up is because Ash Taylor, you could just see that the fun of the game had fallen out of his eyes. He just was not enjoying the game. Um, You know, it it just you know Justin Holbrook came in there, tried to get him going, tried to help motivate him. But again, it just it just wasn't working. And even though he did have some good games last season. It wasn't enough, and they were going to go in a different direction. looks like A.J. Brimson's going to be in the halves. Um, So what I'm saying is it looked like it it could be really dire this offseason for Ash Taylor. Then it appeared that he got a tryout with the New Zealand Warriors, and so the lifeline was extended to him. Well, the good news that I want to say is that it's official now. The Warriors have seen enough of Ash Taylor to offer him a one-year contract. Right now, and I'm I'm so happy for the guy. I know he's put in the work. I know that you know even though they're not in New Zealand, they're up at Redcliffe right now with preseason. It's just good news for a for a, for a young man that I think can really do some great things in the game if he's given the time and he's in the right place. I think Nathan Brown could be the coach to help spur that on for him, and I hope it is. But a one-year deal for him. But now what that does with the Warriors is. Now you've got some real competition in the halves. You've got Cody Nicarima there. You've got uh, Ch- uh, Chanel harris DeVita there. You've got Sean Johnson from the Sharks who's back there. It looks like everything I've heard from, about Sean, he's doing incredible. He looks good. He's running well. looks like he's healed up. And now you throw Ash Taylor in the mix. And only two of the four are going to be on the field. And if you look at the size, you know, I guess you could play Cody Nicarima... At, at dummy half if you wanted to. Um, but besides that, let's say that they do pick, put Nick Arima at times in a, a dummy half. That still means there's going to be an odd man out. They said Chanel Harris-DeVita was going to be the future in the halves. I, I think he's maybe fallen out with some people down there in New Zealand. So Or <laughs> I guess not in New Zealand, in Australia right now where the Warriors are based. But it's going to be very, very, very interesting. I think, you know, Sean Johnson has shown us that he's not the guy that has dominated with the right step and the incredible speed, and, you know, he is now more of a manager of the game, maybe heading towards the Benji Marshall time in his career. I hope not, because I love to watch Sean Johnson run, you know, he's a dad now, but it's going to be very interesting, the combinations that Nathan Brown is going to get to work with in the halves, because this is a big year for the Warriors. There's no more excuses. Yes, they haven't been sleeping in their quote-unquote own beds. They're still in in, in Australia right now. It's looking like that might not be the case halfway through this coming season. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see these have combinations because they've got to fire. They've got to hit they got to start running right out of the box, right out of the blocks. They've got to be going. The Warriors have to be attacking. They've got to be moving. Uh, They've got all the pieces back. So, It's going to be interesting to see, but I think without going too far down the rabbit hole, I'm just excited to see Ash Taylor getting that lifeline and hopefully going to make something to do with it because I do think he's a talented, talented player. Now, when the 2022 season starts, we've got some major changes up at North Queensland. The Cowboys, who have their million-dollar-a-year player in Valentine Holmes, I guess you could call him the million-dollar jet. Okay, maybe not. We don't need to make Val think about the the green anymore of the the New York Jets. But Valentine Holmes, it is reported. He's even coming out and saying it. Valentine Holmes is not going to be starting this season at fullback. He's going to give it to the Cheetah. Fideau is going to start in the one jersey. But Valentine Holmes is going to be playing at left center to start the season. And I think you've heard a lot of people go back and forth with this. Some people say that a guy with the talent of Valentine Holmes needs the ball in his hands as much as possible, and that's why they want to see him at the fullback position. But if you've seen him really on the strike during State of Origin, it's always when he's been playing at the centers or at the wing. Usually at the wing. But it's going to be interesting to see him in the center's position. Uh, you know, this is going to be something a little bit different um, because he's going to have to set things up. He's going to have to move things around a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see. And and we know um, that, the, that the coaching staff at North Queensland sometimes does things their own way. Um, and that's okay. That's okay as long as the team buys into it. But it's it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see if this is going to be something that's going to be long-term. Um, if Val embraces it, do we see the best Valentine Holmes in the center's position? Um, you know, Val's not the biggest guy. You know, I, You know, I know he came, when he came back from playing the NFL, he definitely was a lot more bulky than he was. And it took him a little bit to get a lot of that muscle off him to get back into that 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 fine sports car, that guy that's downshifting as he's running down the field. So it's going to be interesting to see if they try to bulk him up a little. I you know I don't know I don't know. I think that's a very it's very dangerous to do this. I'm saying this is a player you're playing a lot of money to, and it's going to be interesting to see if this position switch uh, allows him to do and work good. Thing. You know he's going to be working with his with 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 a good mate of his. Um, that's gonna be there from the sharks in the halves. You know who I'm talking about, Shedheads. Come on. Come on, you know who he's a podcaster, so I'm letting you figure it out. I'm letting you figure it out. Chad Townsend, yes, Chad Townsend. Come on. Anyway, Townsend's there. There's gonna be some really good you know, you have some 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 players now that have a little bit of camaraderie that have a little bit of history together. But that's that's still a gamble. That's still a gamble that Todd Payton is going to do with North Queensland. And I don't think he's got a problem gambling like that. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, again, another one of those stories going into the 2022 season. We're going to have to keep our eye on. And does it stay something that by week four, we already have more influx going on with the Cowboys. Now, the West Tigers have really been doing some moving and shaking. They've really been trying to, to stay aggressive in bringing players in now the problem is they're not bringing any in any type of key marquee players besides jackson hastings and Gildart from from the super league that's about the only you know you know i know dane lowry came over last year blah 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 i know i know i know but i'm talking about you know peachy yes i know but what i'm saying is guys you could say my god that's just going to change all their stocks buy 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 tigers They've got a lot of guys that they're bringing in that really have not made a full name for themselves but have a lot of potential. And this continues because they've just signed Newcastle Knights utility, Starford Tau, who can play wing, center, and fullback. So he's versatile, which is something that I think that, that Sheens really likes. I, you know, I guess Madge really likes that. You know, he's been preaching defense, defense, defense. But this is a player that 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 got 20 games with the Knights and scored 11 tries. That's a pretty good strike rate. That's a pretty good strike rate. Now I don't know what that's going to mean in the long run. And I and I don't I you know I just don't know what the Tigers are going to look like. I don't think anybody knows what the Tigers are going to look like. What is Madge going to bring out of these boys? And we don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. But again, they're staying aggressive in the market and bringing in. I think, some key components and pieces that could help them down the track. And we'll see. Again, this is preseason, right? We're just trying to make everyone excited that maybe your team has a chance to do something. And then maybe not. But again, at least the Tigers are trying. And you guys know Jackson Hastings, one of my favorite players. I think he's going to do some some really good things with the Tigers. The question is what his camaraderie is going to be, his cohesion is going to be with Luke Brooks. Now we go back to the Warriors. I I can't stay positive this entire time. I know you guys have gone through and gone to 2022. I know you guys have gone on and you're kind of thinking this is going to be so much. We're still in the same place. Just because you drink some extra bubbly on, on January, you know, excuse me, December 31st, you don't wake up the next day and everything's better, right? There's still things that we're dealing with right here. And it continues because back to the Warriors camp, Nathan Brown has come out and declared that two-thirds of the Warriors roster right now has tested positive for COVID. Now he said most of the players are double vaxxed and the ones that aren't double vaxxed have already received one dose of the vax. But that's, that's an incredible strike rate. And, and, and like I said, none of us fully know what our lung capacity is going to be like, how we're going to feel. Now, with these guys being vaccinated, we expect them to be able to turn it around and hopefully be coming out, of the, coming out of the sheds, looking good, getting back on the practice field and going. But there's always that chance that this could have some lingering effects. There's people that have long-term COVID effects out there. Okay, So it's going to be interesting. I know that means they're not able to train at 100 percent like they'd like to right now. But again, we've got another team that has has got COVID situations. And we had some last week when we were talking. And as we go in, you know, on the mark, we're gonna find out there's another team in the AFL that's having that as well. Shedheads, no matter what we say, this is the reality of the world right now. And just take care of yourselves and be smart. All right. Now, as we go on on the mark. Again, things are just changing so much in the world none of these stories should surprise us but Collingwood Defender and Irish import Mark Keane has called time on his career. The young man went back to Ireland and for the holidays and he was supposed to be back at training with uh, with with the with the magpies the beginning of the year and he just didn't have it in him. He just didn't want to leave his family. he just didn't want to come back and again, you know, coming back to the restrictions that some players and some teams have. I don't know if this is a a vaccination thing that is going on here. Maybe he didn't want to get vaccinated. I don't know. It's it's you know, teams nowadays are just going to keep things quiet. They're going to keep things in house, which to me this has not ever been a political issue that has been turned into a political issue. This is if you're sick or if you're not sick. Okay? Cuz I think we're past the point of of saying COVID's a democratic hoax, right? I think we're, at least some of us are smart enough to now say that that's not the case. I don't know if that's all of you. Hey, you're shed heads. I'm expecting that to be all of you. I think most of you are smarter than the average bear boo-boo. But what I'm saying is this young man has decided not to come back and continue his career in the AFL, or at least during this current time. And Collingwood has granted him this leave and, and, and have moved on without him. Now, Keen played... Five senior games, and still had one year remaining on his contract. So, uh, you know, he'd almost finished out his contract anyway. And you know, with only five senior games uh, in that in that period of time, you know, I think one of the reasons you don't see them fighting for this kid to come back is because he, you know, didn't he wasn't on the on the on the pitch for the senior team too too much. But again, this is still a guy who's chosen during this crazy time period to not come back to to, to Australia. And to stay back home in Ireland, so we wish Mark Keane well. And if he does want to, you know, restart his career up in the AFL, that he stays in the shape that maybe he can maybe join a club down the future. Now, rebirth. We talk about one guy ending his career. Now let's talk about a pretty big big name in the game of the AFL who's actually coming back into the game, and that's Essendon legend James Hurd. I think all of us who know anything about the AFL know about uh, the game of footy, know about James Hurd. We know about the situation in 2012 that he was involved in the Essendon Bombers and the Supplement Scandal and all of that. We know that he kind of really, really took the stick for probably something that he wasn't 100% um, culpable for, I guess you could say. It wasn't his, all of his ideas to do all of this, but it did you know heads get chopped at the top and you know usually big heads don't get chopped at the top it's two or three down and that's usually the head coach and and that pretty much brought the end to James Hurd's coaching career with the Essendon Bombers a club that he loves a club that he played incredibly for incredibly well for excuse me but James Hurd has reappeared he's reappeared because he's officially joined Greater Western Sydney the GWS Giants is a part-time advisor to the club and to the younger players. Now, I think none of us like cheating. I don't think any of us uh, would, would say that we, we like it when teams try to get over on other teams or try to make things happen uh, behind other teams' back, whatever, right? But um, that being said, this guy was a talented player. Uh Essendon has not had a lot of, how should I say, success, except for this last season, on the field, since James Hurd left. So he's going to have a good voice. I know the Giants are looking for any type of voice to get them over the top of the mountain, something they've been battling to do for years and years and years. I'm saying, you know, they've been right there. You know, besides the Tigers beating them down in the grand final, they've still always been sniffing right around that flag and playing good footy. Let's not, let's not downplay that. Playing really, really good footy. So it's, to me, going to be very, very interesting if this advisory role soon starts moving up and are they just trying to get him into the fold with this club because they might have some bigger things down the line they really like him to immerse himself with or, or maybe lead? I don't know. But I will tell you this, we all deserve a second chance. Even Yes, yes, jetheads. even your Shed has erred and made mistake. You saw my picks this last uh, postseason in the uh, NRL playoffs and in the AFL. We all make mistakes. But that being said, I do feel that, that James Hurd deserves a place back in the game. I think he can bring something to a club, and I'm happy. I don't know about you. I'm very happy that he's back with GWS and I hope that he gets to do some things. And this is just the beginning of his Phoenix rebirth back in the AFL. Now, speaking of clubs that are still on the battle, Port Adelaide, the power right now, it's been reported that a quarter of the franchise, a quarter of the roster, the team has COVID and that's impacting their training, which I would expect it to be doing. And and, and that be, you know, going on, um, I think, shedheads. you know how much I love Adelaide. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, I'm just hoping Port Adelaide rebounds and comes back from this because I do think that they're going to be one of those teams. I have five teams that are really going to be, you know, and I can't say what they are going to be because I want to see them get through preseason uh, injury-wise. But they, right now, would definitely be one of my teams that I'm starting to circle as one of my top five teams that are going to be battling for the flag when it's all said and done. But hopefully those guys can heal up up there in Adelaide and um, can get back training sooner than later. And in a kind of a sad story, Carlton defender Sam docherty I think you guys know about his story, um, that he's battled testicular cancer not once but twice. Um, but he is stepping away from the leadership group for the Carlton Blues, and he's going to step aside from that co-captaincy role so he can really concentrate on healing up from his second bout of testicular cancer, so he can get healthy um, and recover fully to hopefully go on and, and have and further his career down the line. Um, I can't I can't even imagine what this young man's been through. Um, you know, you think about getting cancer once, just hearing you know you've got cancer, and and you you know I I've told you my story the last couple of weeks. Or a couple weeks ago, I guess, about my my childhood of watching my mother and my father both having cancer. Um, my mom definitely dealing with it almost my, my entire I guess youth uh, until it finally you know was her demise to an extent. But I you know that word the big C especially with when you're talking about athletes that are that are young that are incredibly fit um, that can run for days. You're not expecting that type of diagnosis to come down then. So um, I can't even imagine it happening once, let alone twice. So I can understand why he needs to take a mental break, get himself rebooted, continue to heal up and to get stronger. But um, from a gentleman that had to deal with cancer, Sam, continue your battle. Um, The game hopefully will always be there for you. But... Let it be there for you when you're in the right state of mind and your body's back to where it needs to be, okay? Continue your fight, my, my my good man, and, and, and we're looking forward to seeing you back in a blues guernsey sooner than later. Now, outside the bubble. Huh, let me can I do the sound effect? Shedheads, can I do the sound effect? <sighs> yep, that sound effect is Novak Djokovic. Yep, and I think I'm not even over there, shedheads. I know you guys are in country. A lot of you are in Australia right now, and and this guy is kind of like that big white head on your face. You don't know how to pop it or your or to cover it up with a band-aid. Some of you, some of you beautiful Aussie women, make want to put some some toner on that thing. I don't, I don't know, but it is that acne that you just want to just pop, right? That's kind of what Novak Djokovic is turning into here because it's just come down that his visa, I guess it hasn't just come down, it's been a day now, his visa has been canceled for the second time by Australian Immigration Minister Alex Hawke. I think we all knew that was coming. I think we all knew that just because this judge, and I don't know if he maybe got some box seats for his decision or or maybe he's being sponsored or pushed a little bit to make things happen by Kia. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Um, I think we know how this can work living in America I know all about corrupt judges I know all about these guys that allegedly talk about the law who don't can't even spell law but the government still runs a country not just a lawyer they'll try to make your life difficult in a country lawyer as well but again uh, the, the, the yeah, let's not talk a lot let's not even mention that but it is good to see Australia double down, say this is how our country is. Uh, and it's. I think it's really, really fascinating that he is more used this time and, and canceled this visa saying that Novak Djokovic is a danger to Australian society and the mentality of the country and the standpoint that he does not want his beliefs to get indoctrinated into more Aussies down there about pushing back against vaccinations. And you know what? I, I'm i not going to shoot horse tranquilizers in my or or start popping pills or, you know. I, listen, I'm married to a medical professional. She puts her life, I don't want to say in danger, but she definitely puts herself out there because she has to go in. Thank God she's not an ER doctor. Thank God she's not on the front lines in that capacity. But she does have to deal with people that need to be, you know, taken care of in a medical field. Um. And like I've told you over and over and over again, I'm vaccinated, double vax, boosted, all that type of stuff, right? Got no problem with it. Matter of fact, my third arm looks incredible. It's a lot stronger than my other two arms. Joking, Shedheads. But what I'm saying is, I do this for the greater good. I don't know what Novak... Novak Djokovic is kind of a kook anyway. We all know that. He does things his own way. Boris Becker, his old coach, who he coached him for three years, said that Novak needs to get get his head on straight and maybe change the way he does things. Because... If you think this is going to stop with Australia, you're crazy. The French Open, the Aussie Open, who knows what America is going to be doing by then. It could be on fire. Who knows? But the French Open and the Australian Open, let's be honest. They are watching, excuse me, the French Open and Wimbledon are watching what the Australian Open are doing right now and how they handle this situation. Because, I think they could be coming out and saying everybody needs to be vaccinated again to get into our tournament. And I think that this could mean that Novak Djokovic, unless he has a change of heart and gets vaccinated, and I would check those papers 12 times with heavy microscopes and magnifying glasses uh, to make sure that everything's just, how should I say this, done properly, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. Uh, because Novak, eh, he's been a little bit sketchy, if you know what I mean. But I think this could come down to these tournaments passing these type of of entrance um, qualifications these players are going to need to do. And I think that this could lead New York, who is a state that's very, very strong. Ask Kyrie Irving about uh, possibly vaccination and all the vaccination stuff. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm I'm curious to see um, what fully happens because I think what's going to happen is even if his lawyers who are already trying to fight for him, even if they try to get things done, I think why Alex Hawk may have done this is to make it very difficult for Novak Djokovic to be able to get things through the courts to get him approved for him to play uh, in a couple of days at the start of the tournament. And I think once he has to default or can't play or take the court, I think that that is going to, quote-unquote, bring an end to his, his Aussie, Aussie Open. The question is, if he gets deported, there is a chance that he could face a three-year ban from the country, which we could say could be the end of Djokovic's career in Australia. Um, you know, unless he's going to try to do a fetter, You know, his body is in great shape. You know, we see that he's... Not we haven't seen the big downturn yet. Besides Medvedev beating him in 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 New York um, at the end of last season, the final Grand Slam. But um, it's going to be very very interesting. And and I told you guys, shedheads, I do not think Novak Djokovic will be playing this Australian Open, uh, and I don't think he deserves to play this Australian Open. That is your shed Adamas speaking, and it's final. We have to agree with that. So. I was going to do a story about the NBA, how the NBA is 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 now gone down that road of not caring about players' health, safety, the people that are in their lives, and it's all about the money now. Uh, but you know what? I just I just don't have in my heart to talk about it. Um, it. I just don't look look the story up. But the NBA is going to try to get rid of doing any type of checking on vaccinations. And if you, it, and if shedheads, you don't think that's anything about besides money by Adam Silver and his cronies, you're crazy. And it's really sad, because I really thought Adam Silver really was different. But what am I thinking? They're all the same. The only thing they all care about is appeasing the owners, making money, signing TV deals. That's all they care about. That's all any of these franchises care about. Uh, The only one, I'm going to stop myself, are the ones that I love, the NRL, the AFL, and the NHL. Because Canada is 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 not down with a bunch of stuff. America, they wouldn't even be testing if they could help it. Canada's the thing that makes the NHL stay on brand and say, no, you know, no, you, you can't come in my country if you're not vaccinated. So um, going to be very, very interesting to see. But like I said, I'm not going into deep in that story. You can look that up. NBA, once again, succumbing uh, to the mighty dollar. What I do want to talk about that does interest me is let's talk about some of these NFL games, because we know the playoffs start tomorrow, 3.30, Raiders in Cincinnati against the Bengals. The Bengals. I love them. Walk like an Egyptian. The Bengals. Oh, whoa, Bengals? Oh, I'm sorry. Bengals. Oh, 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 Tiger. Yes, yes. That was a joke. Anyway, the Raiders, Carr, the boys, the silver and black, Going into Cincy, very much an interesting game. Uh, we saw what the Raiders did. Kick. What did I tell you, Shedheads? I told you to tune in to that Chargers-Raiders game. I said it was going to be dynamic. And I guess what? Who was right again? It was an awesome game. I loved, loved, loved that the Raiders didn't take a knee. And how should I say? As a pirate, they put the Chargers to the sword right at the buzzer beautiful let's keep that hate going hell week hell week hell week Chargers Raiders Chargers Raiders Chargers Raiders great job Raiders anyway let's talk about the game tomorrow at 3 30 I am taking the Raiders and I know everyone's saying the hot team right now is the Cincinnati Bengals I just think the silver and black getting into the tournament getting into the postseason the way they did I think they're Far from being done. And I somehow think the Raiders are going to go in there and they're going to beat up on the Bengals and get a victory. That's tomorrow at 3.30 here stateside um, in the afternoon. The evening game, a game they're talking about that could be in the single digits in Buffalo. So that means I don't even know how hot the wing sauce is going to be, but it better be damn hot because it could be single digits again. And that's not even counting in wind chill. So Josh, so Josh Allen and, and, your, and your little toes that you don't like to get cold. I get cold toes. Josh Allen, you might want to put on some thermal socks because it's going to be cold. And you better not lose to the Patriots or they're going to be talking about you up in Buffalo. But that's the game. The hoodie and the Patriots going to Buffalo to take on Josh Allen and the Bills. And guess what? Hoodie, hoodie, hoodie all day. Even though you do have a quarterback for the Patriots who sweats butter too. uh, You have to understand he's a guy from Alabama. He's a southern kid to an extent as well. Or he spent the last few years in Alabama. So, you know, he still sweats butter. He's been in Alabama that long. Um, But it's going to be very interesting. But I do. It's tough for me to bet against the hoodie. uh, And I'm taking the Patriots in the late game. Tomorrow, Sunday, we've got three games. And the first game starts off, Eagles against the Bucks. And if you remember a few weeks ago when these two teams tussled, the, 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 the Bucks got out to an, a, a pretty big lead, and the Eagles started to chase them down. And they started to chase them down, and they started to chase them down, and they got within five or six points right before the end, uh, but time ran out on them. I am going to take the Eagles in this game. I know you guys are blown away. I know you guys are saying Tom Brady. But there are some. They've, they've got a COVID outbreak going on in Tampa. The Eagles are pretty much healthy and rested. I think they're going to go in there. They're going to pound the rock. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. And they're going to keep it out of Brady's hands as much as they possibly can. And they pull the upset off. I've got the Eagles beating the Bucks tomorrow at noon in Tampa. Next, 3.30. Niners, Cowboys, Dallas, Gerald World. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't try to hold anything or hide anything from you shitheads. I am not a Cowboys fan. I've never been a Cowboys fan. I was born in Maryland. That means that that's not cowboy country. I don't like the star. I know my father-in-law loves the star. I don't know why he's from New York, upper state New York. That's something else. But what I will say, Jimmy G, the guy that looks like he should be, I'm not saying that, I almost said something, the guy that looks like he should, he's a model. There we go. Let's just say it that way. Jimmy G and his little chin I think they're going to go into Dallas, and they are going to beat Dak Prescott. And I like Dak. I like Dak. Unfortunately, Dak still has a star on his helmet, so that means I don't like Dak. I think the Niners upset the Cowboys and, again, get everybody rumbling. But the good thing about this – think about this for a second. Take a step. Take a step back. Let's sit down and talk about this. The great thing about the Cowboys losing – The game will be over with tomorrow by 6.15, I'm guessing. That's roughly when I think it'll be over with, 6.15-ish. By 6.30, the Cowboy fans will already be talking about how they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. So there you go. Why does it matter? They're already going to be seeing themselves as the 2023 Super Bowl champions. So, Cowboy fan, who cares, right? You're going to be the champions next year. And then to finish out the Sunday games... We've got the Pittsburgh Ben Roethlisberger Steelers versus Patty Mahomes, Kelsey, the Honey Badger, the Kansas City Chefs. Well, that's just, we're talking about Andy Reid there. Chiefs to everybody else, Chefs to Andy. The Kansas City Chiefs, 7-15, what a tussle. Is this going to be Ben's last game? Or is Patrick Mahomes continue his march to win his, his second Super Bowl in three years. Very interesting. Very up in the air. I want to say the Chiefs easily, but it always scares me when there's a team that nobody's giving a chance to. And nobody's giving a chance to the Steelers to win this game. And it worries me. That worries me. Because I know how private of an organization the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I know how prideful Mike Tomlin is, their head coach. And I know how prideful Ben Roethlisberger is, who doesn't want his career really to end. Yes, he's only throwing three-yard outs every other play. Okay, every play. I'm sorry about that. But the real question to me, your shed Adams, is this. Do they have enough Steeler Magic in this postseason to pull off the upset of the first round of the playoffs I don't think they do but I'm going to be definitely watching I'll have my Chiefs and my Steelers hat in front of my television because you got you know, you to set up the mood got to set up the ambiance that's what will be happening but I'm going to take the Chiefs in the night cap on Sunday and then for the first time ever in NFL history we get our first Monday night playoff game that's right Shedheads I said it our first Monday night football, first round playoff game. And it isn't just a playoff game. It's the hatred of the Southwest. It is the, I almost called them St. Louis. Sorry about that, St. Louis fan. It is the Arizona Cardinals, not the St. Louis Jim Hart Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals against Matt Stafford. I can't believe I'm in the playoffs for the first time in 82 years. And the Los Angeles Rams. And guess who I'm taking? Am I taking Murray or am I taking Stafford? I know Stafford looks like he fits in his helmet a little bit better. He doesn't have a little stuff kind of bubbling out of the side of his helmet, out of his face mask. But guess what, Shedheads? Eh-eh. Not betting it. I will not bet Matt. I said this to my friend, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Matt Stafford, I've been watching since he was quarterback at Georgia. Yes, Georgia fan, I know you're still hungover from winning a national championship. Just be very grateful that all of Alabama's wide receivers went down with knee injuries. That's all I'm saying with that. But congratulations, Georgia fan. But I'm talking about another dark time in your past. And that is the all blackout game for the Georgia Bulldogs when they were going to take on Alabama again. And this was going to be the year that the Georgia Bulldogs were going to beat Alabama, right? They had Bama going into Georgia. So what they did was they came out in a blackout, all black unis. They changed the Georgia helmet to silver. And everybody said, Matt Stafford is going to just show up. We're going to show you why Matt Stafford is the quarterback to be taken this coming draft. The guy's got a howitzer for a right arm. And trust me, it's they are in trouble, those Alabama Crimson. They're in trouble. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Matt Stafford got shown to the whole world what Matt Stafford is. He's got an incredible arm. But he does not win the big game. He does not win the big game. And guess what's going to happen here on, on Monday night. The Arizona Cardinals are going to beat the Los Angeles Rams. And again, keep that legacy of Matthew Stafford. Instead of being a Hall of Fame quarterback, we're talking a Jeff George quarterback. Incredible arm. arm. Thank God he doesn't have that Jeff George mustache or a mullet. But, again, the legacy has been set. And you know what? Matthew Stafford is a good guy. I've never met him, but I've watched and followed a lot of the things he's done. He's he's educated himself on social issues. He was a big proponent last summer uh, over here in America when truth started to come out and people got all uncomfortable and, you know, oh, my gosh, it's the left wing. Anyway. Matthew Stafford educated himself. Matthew Stafford actually took a knee on the field to show he understands what's going on. He went through a really, really tough time. His his wife had brain cancer. I have no ill will against Matthew Stafford. I do think he's a good guy. I just don't, I cannot crack a, a bottle of champagne over his head and anoint him as a second coming of the divine one. And I know the Rams want to do that. But Matthew Stafford, again, threw an interception last week against the Niners. That was a costly interception. Cost him the game. So, I don't see that happening. I've got Kyler Murray. I've got the Rams, excuse me, the Cardinals beating the Rams on Monday night. So, let's go over those victors again. I've got the Raiders over the Bengals. I've got the Patriots over the Bills. Eagles over the Bucks. Niners over the Cowboys, Chiefs over the Steelers, and Cardinals over the Rams. I've taken almost every single underdog, except for the Chiefs. I may be crazy doing that. I don't know if that's that smart. I'm actually putting in red marker right now my picks for the playoffs beginnings. Uh, I'm interested, but I think I think shedheads. Uh, this is now documented. I can't get out of it. My picks are made. Shedheads, that brings to a close this most recent edition of Outside the Sheds. I hope you guys are enjoying your 2022s beginning. I hope you guys are excited about the playoffs, the next two games. And don't forget, I told you last week, we've got preseason starting in the Super League. Tomorrow, I don't think that I can get any of those games But I'll kind of keep you up to breast and and inform you of some of the results of some of the play uh, on next week's episode of Outside the Sheds. But until that time, Shedheads, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. Until next week. See ya.